0: Looking forward to talking to Randall O'Toole, who recently wrote a paper for the Show Me Institute on the St. Louis transit system, public transit system. And I just want to tell you before we start that I moved to St. Louis around 2015 and I had lived in the D.C. area for a long time and ridden the metro in D.C. all time, commuted on it every day. Um, The biggest complaint being that I had to smash up against other writers because so many people wrote it. And when I moved to St. Louis, I was pretty excited to live near a Metrolink station so I could take that to the airport because I still worked in DC. And the first time I did it, I was so confused that there's no turnstiles. You're supposed to buy a ticket, but no one takes it. You could not buy a ticket if you didn't want to. And it didn't feel very safe. So I, like many people, never wrote it again. And yet... There's often talk of expanding this system that's not probably safe, that's not well used. And so your paper, basically, Randall, is about should we re-expand the system or not? and your your takeaway is what?
1: Well, basically, light rail is an obsolete technology. It was uh, it's really is streetcars. and streetcars date to about eighteen eighty six or eighteen eighty seven. And uh, they were great at that time because most urban jobs were in factories and most factories were in downtown. And most people who worked in middle class or as skilled workers in those factories lived in dense residential neighborhoods. And so they could hop a streetcar and go downtown to work. People who worked in unskilled jobs couldn't afford to ride the streetcars, so they tended to live in really high-density housing projects called tenements right on the edges of downtown, so they could walk to their jobs downtown. So that was the conditions of American cities between about 1890 and about 1920. What happened was, in 1913, Henry Ford developed a moving assembly line for making his Model T automobiles. And that resulted in three major changes to American cities. First, because the moving assembly line was so efficient, he doubled worker pay. So unskilled workers no longer had to live in high density tenements, and they moved out to single family homes in the dense residential neighborhoods that other people were living in. Uh, Second, He cut the cost of his cars in half. So between 1913 and 1926, the percentage of American families that owned automobiles went from less than 5% to more than 55%. In 13 years, half of all American families bought their first automobiles, most of them Model T Fords. But the third change was the most significant. Moving assembly lines require lots of land. There isn't a lot of land in downtowns. So factories moved out of downtowns, and they moved to the suburbs. So people moved to the suburbs, factories moved to the suburbs, and streetcar systems that centered around downtown no longer worked. People weren't taking the streetcars. The only jobs left in downtowns were offices and retail, And retail pretty soon followed people out to the suburbs, too. So it was just offices. So downtowns declined as as uh, important uh, employment centers. Sure. And uh, people moved away from downtowns, and their jobs were away from downtowns. And the transit systems didn't work for those people. St. Louis was one of the last cities in the country to uh, replace all of its streetcars with buses. But even with the buses, the buses still followed the same streetcar routes. And then when they built light rail, they just followed streetcar routes. So they're still oriented towards a city where most jobs are downtown and where uh, most people live in dense residential neighborhoods and they can hop on a light rail and go downtown. Those conditions don't exist anymore, and so, They've designed a transit system, and they've spent hundreds of millions of dollars building a transit system that fits perfectly for 1910, but doesn't work at all in 2020.
0: So why is St. Louis's system light rail, whereas like the L in Chicago or the Metro in D.C. is not light rail? What's the distinction?
1: The distinction between light rail and heavy rail Uh, You think that has something to do with weight, and it doesn't. Light rail cars actually weigh more than heavy rail cars. What it has to do with is capacity. According to the American Public Transportation Association's transit glossary, light rail is rail transit with a light volume capacity to move people. You can move more people with buses than you can with light rail. You can move take more people to more destinations with buses, and they can move faster and uh, uh, cost far less money. So light rail is obsolete on just about every count. Buses are more advanced technologies. They make more sense, and they cost a lot less money. So building light rail is something you do only if you have such a surplus of money that you don't know what to do with it. And uh, you don't care about the fact that you're not going to be able to carry very many people with it.
0: Don't you think, though, that there's a sort of a more of a bias against riding buses than there is against light rail? I mean, light rail, they look shiny. They're nice. They move fast. And I just think that there's, there's this like view that riding the bus is just something that a lot of people just don't want to have to do. And they don't want to have to switch buses a bunch of times and figure out the bus system.
1: Okay, well, uh, what you're saying is light rail doesn't go very many places, so it's real easy to figure out. Yeah. Uh, And so you look at a map and you easily figure out it doesn't go where I want to go, so you don't take it. With buses, (laughs) they go everywhere. Oh, boy, that's sure complicated to figure out which bus I want to take to where I'm going because there are so many choices. I I don't buy that argument. People know where they want to go. They find the bus that takes them where they want to go. It's like, uh, there are actually people who say, we should tell grocery stores, they shouldn't be allowed to sell as many products. We should tell clothing stores, they shouldn't be allowed to sell as many clothes. And the shoe stores, they shouldn't be allowed to sell as many shoes because that's just too many choices for people to handle. And it'd be a whole lot easier if every shoe looked alike and every uh, shirt looked alike and so on and so forth, so that you wouldn't have to make those kinds of choices. Okay, here's the thing buses uh, tend to be supported by people whose incomes aren't as high. Rail Mm -hmm. transit tends to be supported by people who have higher incomes. And so we have, we in the middle class, have this impression that buses are for lower class people and rail is for us. But the reality is we're middle class, we have lots of money, why do we need billion dollar subsidies to take us where we wanna go? Why can't we just go and pay for our own costs? Which generally means we're gonna drive a car and people who drive cars are paying 96% of the cost of of their travel. There is a little bit of subsidy, but it's not that much. Whereas with light rail transit, about 80% to 95% of the costs are subsidies. So, um, so what? What they wanted. Here's, might... the, thing. here's mm-hmm. the thing: buses can go faster than light rail. Light rail in in uh, St. Louis actually has the fastest light rail system in the country, and it goes about twenty six, twenty seven miles an hour. Mm-hmm. There are bus lines in this country that average fifty five miles an hour or more. There's a wow. lot of them that average over forty five miles an hour. So. Hmm. Uh, the idea that light rail is fast is just a a misconception. The idea that light rail is, uh, only is the only way to appeal to middle class people is also a misconception. It turns out people are sensitive to frequencies primarily and secondarily speeds. So if you run a bus every half hour and you replace it with a light rail that you run every eight minutes of course you're going to get more riders on the light rail because it's more frequent and people don't have to look up a schedule to find out when their next transit vehicle is coming they just walk down to the corner and they know it's going to come every every eight minutes right well if you ran your buses every eight minutes you'd get the same kind of free of uh, ridership response but we don't do that we only do that for light rail
0: so what what is being proposed in St. Louis right now? The MetroLink, for people who are listening and don't know anything about it, it kind of, it sort of runs east west. It runs from the uh, other side of the river in Illinois, and it runs downtown. It goes out by the uh, hospital complexes and it goes out to Clayton, and that's about where it ends, which is not very far. There's a little bit of movement around those, but it doesn't run from the north to the south, and that's what's being proposed. And in St. Louis in particular, a particular artifact of St. Louis is that north-south, there's a bit of divide in St. Louis. So the idea would be, I guess, if the Metrolink connects these two, maybe the whole city is more connected feeling. But But your point is we're going to spend a whole bunch of money to try to get that feeling and no one's going to write it.
1: Well, first of all, the existing light rail in St. Louis does have some interesting characteristics. It is runs exclusively in its own right of way. Whereas most light rail lines, the trains run in the streets for at least part of their, uh, routes. And because they run in the streets and you have essentially 300,000 pound trains running up against 150 pound pedestrians or 3,000 pound automobiles, Mm -hmm. you get a lot of carnage. A lot of people die uh, when when they're struck by light rail vehicles. Light rail is just about the most dangerous form of urban travel. It's not dangerous to the people who are on the light rail trains, but on a, for every billion passenger miles light rail carries, it kills about 13 or 14 people. Whereas automobiles only kill about six or seven people per billion passenger miles uh, in cities. And, and uh, on freeways, it's even less. Buses kill about four and a half people per billion passenger miles. So light rail is really dangerous. So what is the advantage of light rail? It's slow. It's not gonna go where most people wanna go. It goes close to downtown, but doesn't quite meet downtown. So if you have a job downtown, you're gonna to have to switch to another light rail train to go downtown, uh, but it doesn't really go anywhere else. It doesn't go into any, any major job centers like Westport Plaza, uh, which is one of the biggest job centers in St. Louis and has right. fairly poor transit service. Uh, it doesn't go to St. Charles County, which has 130,000 jobs and 300,000 people and gets almost no transit service at all. Uh, It's a huge part of the St. Louis metropolitan area, but it doesn't get any light rail, doesn't hardly get any bus service. So what we have is a, a, a modern 21st century urban area, and Metro wants to apply 19th century technologies and 19th century root systems to that urban area. Now, if you look at urban areas around the country, Chicago, for example, uh, well over half the people in downtown Chicago, who worked in downtown Chicago before the pandemic, were taking transit to work. If you look at Seattle, more than half the people in downtown Seattle were taking transit to work. You look at Portland. Uh, 40, more than 40% of downtown Portland employees were taking transit to work. You look outside of the downtowns, and it's about 3%. So yeah. the transit systems in Chicago and Seattle and Portland work great for downtown people, and only about 3% of people outside of downtown were taking transit to work that didn't work for people outside of downtown. St. Louis is, uh, Uh, transit system is so inferior that only 10% of downtown employees were taking transit to work before the pandemic. So St. Louis transit didn't even work very well for downtown employees. Outside of downtown, it was less than 3%, just like Chicago and Portland and Seattle. So you've got a system that doesn't work very well for downtown employees, employees it doesn't work hardly at all for anybody anywhere else and all they can think of to do is more of the same. Yeah. St. Louis's transit system carried more people in 1991 before <laughs> they started building light rail than it did in 2019 after they had more miles of light rail than any other city in the Midwest. Really? This oh. gargantuan light rail system that cost a huge amount of money and their ridership total ridership was lower than before they started building light rail. To me, well, yeah. that's evidence that this whole system is a failure and they need to change strategies.
0: I'm just going to go back though. If for folks who don't understand, you go up to the station, there is no there are no people at the station necessarily there are ticket machines you put in money and buy a ticket no one takes your ticket there's no turnstile you don't necessarily have to buy a ticket you could walk up and get on a metro rail uh train without buying a ticket there's a chance that somebody might approach you who works for the metro rail system and ask you for your ticket but it's a very random chance and it's not very high and it doesn't take long for people who uh are interested in traveling from point a to point b to commit crimes jump back on and go back to point a again to figure out that this is a great system uh for exactly that and then and i think the crime piece the danger piece of the metro rail has got to be one of the big reasons why it failed in fact Seems to me that neighborhoods that have a metro rail station, normally that would be like a perk for a neighborhood. And in this case, it can be a detriment because it, it brings crime in and there's an easy escape route because there's nothing stopping you from jumping on that train.
1: Well, you're finding that amazing, but that's the way every light rail system in the country works. The The fare system is an honor system. It's only the heavy rail and commuter rail systems mm-hmm and most buses where uh, somebody's actually monitoring to make sure people have paid fares before they board the trains or the buses. So uh, it turns out that light rail uh, has an honor system and it also has the highest crime rate of any form of transit in the country. The only thing that comes close is San Francisco trolley buses, which guess what, are on an honor system as well. And uh, so they have a per- pretty high crime rate as well. Uh, you might have heard of the broken windows hypothesis, which is somebody figured out that if, if a building has one broken window that, uh, and nobody fixes it, that soon, pretty soon they're all gonna be broken. Somebody realizes nobody's monitoring that, and so it's fun to break windows. Uh, if what that says is, if, if you let people commit the crime of fair evasion, they're going to realize they can commit other crimes as well, which is why light rail has the highest crime rate of any kind of urban transit in the United States. Mm. Uh, St. Louis's crime rate isn't anywhere near as high as some other light rail cities. The worst is Minneapolis, which has like 600 crimes per uh, billion passenger miles, whereas St. Louis is about 100.
0: Mm. That's
1: still uh, more than the average for transit as a whole, uh, mm-hmm. but, and it's gone up. One of the things that happened with the pandemic is that people stopped riding transit, but the criminals didn't. <laughs> so the few people who were still riding transit, uh, with this, about the same number of crimes after the pandemic, as there were before, maybe even a little more, mm-hmm. uh, the people who are still riding transit were much more likely to become a crime victim than before the pandemic. And this is a nationwide phenomenon. It's not just light rail and it's not just St. Louis.
0: Wow. St. Louis
1: (laughs) is the one city that is thinking about doing something like this, about this. They want to put in turnstiles around all the light rail stations. But this is one of the examples of why light rail is such a stupid idea. It's gonna take them years to do it. They just released a huge contract to study how to do it <laughs> and that's going to take a couple of years and it's going to take them a few years to install it and by that time nobody's going to be riding it anyway and so uh the, you start out with an expensive obsolete system and you want to make any change at all it's an expensive process it's sure. a and it's time-consuming process if you have a bus system and you get a new economic center, if a new Westport Plaza pops up somewhere else, overnight, you can change your bus routes and run buses out to your new economic center. Whereas with rail transit, light rail, heavy rail, whatever, it takes you years. Uh, you've yeah. ridden DC Metro. Yeah. There used to be a place called the Capital Center in Maryland yeah. outside of DC. And it was a uh, it was a, uh, basically a big arena, and they had basketball games, they had hockey games, they had rock concerts, they had all kinds of events there. And so uh, the Washington Metro decided to build a rail line out there to serve the Capitol Center. Yeah. It took them 10 years to do it, and they proudly, after they got it built, cut the ribbon two years after the Capitol Center had shut down.
0: <laughs> That's Right. Okay, so those are examples. Can you give me any examples of a city or an urban area that's doing it right? That's got that is doing public trans transit in the way that you would support.
1: Well, uh, I can't give you an example of anybody who's doing it right, but I can give you some examples of people who are doing it the least wrong way. Okay. Uh, one example is Las Vegas. Las Vegas privatized its transit system. It basically. Uh, all of its transit is contracted out to private operators. The city d- defines the route map and then uh, tells, and oftentimes it buys the buses and then leases them to the private operators. The private operators do the maintenance, they run the buses, uh, they, and, and in doing so, the, it turns out a private operator can run a bus for half the cost of what it cost the public to run that same hmm. bus, so
0: surprised. And it's not
1: because of unions, because the the a lot of these private operators are unionized too. It's it's just because government is so wasteful and inefficient. So that means they're able to run twice as many buses for the same amount of money as uh, uh they would be able to run if they ran them themselves. Hmm. So that to me is an example of of one thing that could be done to uh, make transit better. And they and Las Vegas has done all kinds of interesting experiments with uh, different kinds of buses, double-decker buses, uh, uh, elongated buses, uh, bus rapid transit. You know, So they've done a lot of different innovation, uh, innovative ideas. Uh, and it's because they have the money to do it. They don't have to charge huge amounts of taxes to pay for their system because the private system is so efficient.
0: Yeah. So I will just say like as as a wrap up that in the paper that uh, the Show Me Institute just released that you wrote, you do suggest how we could address the St. Louis metro area public transport uh, need through a bus system that takes advantage of our um, of our major highways that supports our major employment centers. And it's kind of a spoken like a hub and spoke system, right? Like an airport. And you think that this would be a system that could work for the entire metro area? Sorry.
1: Yes. If you look at most airlines, uh, they have multiple hubs and they fly planes between the hubs. And then away from each hub, they fly radio planes that go to all the cities around that hub. And so it might take two planes for you to get to where you're going. You might even need to, if you're going from a small town to a small town, you might even need to change planes twice. Yeah. But you get there pretty fast with this hub-and-spoke system. So uh, it turns out American cities have a lot of economic centers, and in many cases the economic centers actually have more jobs than the down, than the historic downtowns had. And yet transit systems work on a hub-and-spoke system with the downtown as the sole hub. Right. So I said, how could we redefine the system so that we recognize that there's a lot of economic centers and we have a hub and spoke system with all of the- serving all of these economic centers? So it turns out most of the economic centers are located on a freeway, oftentimes yep. on the intersection of two freeways. So I said, well, let's put a transit center, and I don't mean a big fancy building, I just mean some uh, uh, bus stops. Let's yeah. put a transit center next to uh, the freeway interchange that serves the major economic centers around St. Louis, like Westport Plaza, like right. Belleville, like East St. Louis, like uh, you know Alton, and so on and so forth. And then run non-stop buses from every economic center to every other economic center. And run them Five times an hour during the busy parts of the day, maybe only three or four times an hour other times of the day, but at least five times an hour during the busy parts of the day. And then run radial buses away from each economic center to serve the local neighborhoods around those centers. Those would be local buses that would run, still run fairly frequently, but would would not run nonstop. Obviously, they'd stop to serve all the neighborhoods in that area. Well, the buses that would be running on the freeways would be going at 55 miles an hour. And potentially, uh, most cities today, and St. Louis isn't one of them, most cities have high-occupancy vehicle lanes that don't get congested because only high-occupancy vehicles are allowed to use those lanes. So uh, St. Louis could install those lanes to make sure that the buses can run on those lanes and never get congested and never get stuck in traffic. And uh, cars could also use those lanes if they have three or more people in them. But uh, the basic thing is that those lanes would be effectively used and move, move a lot of people faster than congested freeway lanes. So you have buses running around at 55 miles an hour instead of today, which is about 13 miles an hour. And then the radio buses would go maybe 13 miles an hour, but most people most of their trip would be on a, a nonstop bus. And that means you could get from one corner of the St. Louis area to another corner of the St. Louis area uh, at speeds that are almost competitive with an automobile. Yeah. That would make the transit system far more uh, serving, serving far more people than uh, today's transit systems that is oriented around downtown.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I like it. I think it's a really cool map. I'm looking at it now. I I think uh, it's very interesting because it does recognize that there are multiple uh, employment centers. And, you know, there's so many cities across this nation that are trying to revitalize their downtowns and build stadiums and get people downtown. And nobody seems to be taking them up on that offer. But, um, but I think this is a really smart system. And so just to like wrap up, if people want to find out more about your work, where can they find you online?
1: Well, I have a a website called the Uh, Anti-Planner. I I don't believe in government planning. I believe government planning does more harm than good, so I call myself the Anti-Planner. So if you just Google Anti-Planner, I'm the first thing on the list, or you can go to ti.org slash Anti-Planner. And uh, on the Anti-Planner, I have links to all the papers I've written, including the St. Louis paper, uh, and I have frequent updates about information that's, uh, relating to transit and transportation and housing and other urban issues across the country. So uh, that's a good that's place great. to go. Of great. course, you could go to the Show Me Institute website to download my paper, which that's has right. the map we're talking about that I think is uh, uh, has the potential to turn urban transit systems into true 21st century transportation systems oh
0: i agree thank you so much for joining us to explain it to explain this to everybody this morning randall i do really appreciate it it's a fascinating topic and you certainly know as much as anyone out there so thank you so much
1: thank you